Hello and welcome back to Afternoon Yap with Chunk and Dinger. Uh, this is episode 9. This is our Mario Mania episode. But first off, most importantly, Dinger Dog, what's going on, man? Nothing. We're we're uh, we're winding down to the holiday here and uh, I got my last minute shopping done today, so I feel pretty good. Christmas is only a couple of days away and you were, were you were doing a lot of shopping today? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I like the pressure. <laughs> like it's not really holiday shopping unless I. It's like the twenty third or twenty fourth. There's a bunch of other panicked dudes around, and you can talk. You, I, I relate to those people. I need pressure to figure out what a good gift will be. Dude, the the best thing that you can ever do is just shop on Amazon. Number one, they have the best customer service. Number two, please pay us ad revenue. And <laughs> number three. They send the stuff to your house. And you know what? I don't even bother wrapping these days. I just send it to my house, and then I go to Walmart, and I buy those, like, ho-ho-ho bags. And every year, my wife is just like, can you can you just try a little right, bit? Look, Some of the times it's I put in an Amazon th- box inside a yeah. ho-ho-ho bag. And you're like, sorry, you know, I... I put this was a half-ass effort. Um, no, I, I, I did... Years ago, I, I started to do all my holiday shopping online, but... Um, then I just the lady takes care of it. It's nice. Like she sent me this thing. She's like my list, yours, and her list is like everybody. And then my list is just me. Or do you me what to get for her? What are you asking for this year? Ah, uh, nothing really. I don't like. I'm we're in a purge mode. I don't need stuff. You know, I love stuff, man. Ever since I was a little kid, just stuff. And this all this all goes back to my dad, who is a total pack rat. And every couple of years, I purge, and then. Oh my God, I have the worst like next couple of weeks. Like a couple of years ago, I got rid of like 50 uh, Xbox 360 and PS3 games. I don't think I've ever forgiven myself for that. Yeah, so I, I'm, I'm with you on that. Like I, I also hoard things, but I'll hoard the stupidest things. Like I'll be like, this, you know, two and a half foot length of two by four, I need, <laughs> you know, because at some point I might, you know, I don't know. What if the apocalypse comes? I need to put a rusty nail in it and be, hit some zombies. I don't know. Like, I I save the stupidest things like that. Well, so all around in my garage, there's like half pieces of lumber. Like, um, like I save the motor from the fan that when I replace the fan in my the exhaust fan in my bathroom. Yeah. Because I'm gonna do something with that. Yeah. Someday. Well, you know what? I, I, at first, I was like, that's kind of crazy, and but I never throw away a. Uh, like electronics parts like I have a ton of like speaker wire a ton of like audio video cables because I always need that stuff and nothing drives me more crazy when I'm trying to hook something up and then all of a sudden I don't have it and that never happens because I've always got it right well I mean that always happens to me right after I found like I'm stupid why am I saving you know the license plate cover from my first car and then I'm like oh the minute I throw that away three days later my license plate cover falls off or something so let me ask you a question. You got any, uh, we're, we're old now. We're 34 years old. Do you have any new year's plans? Uh, I mean, as far as the Eve? Yes. yes yeah. Yes, uh, yes. so we have the, we have like a, a couple families that we hang out with and they got kids that are my kids age. And so we have, we, <laughs> we got a hotel room at a water park. No way. What water park? I don't know. Some place out in the sticks of Ohio where it's like, it's a hotel with a water park, indoor water park. Uh, connected to it so the plan is like we have all these like adjoining hotel rooms we kind of the adults kind of party and the let the let the water take care of the kids is this all baloney how am i just now hearing this no this truth truth and it's gonna it's gonna be a grand old time 
Do you? Uh, the reason I'm bringing this up is, do you remember that time about 10 years ago? So 10 years ago, we'd have been 24. 10 years ago, New Year's parties were New Year's parties. It was, that's when you're going to take what you would normally drink and double it or triple it. Right, and then whoever's house was unfortunate enough to host it was going to get wrecked. I'll never forget the one time that I, you know, I New Year's partied. And you hit you hit my wallet at the end of the night too, <laughs> and I'll never ever forget you. Like I was like looking around for my wallet. I'm like asking. You don't do that to somebody, man. You do not hide. I didn't hide guys. your wallet. I was just part of the in the know. Was this a conspiracy? No, oh, there was multiple pl- players. I thought you were the one that did this. No, no. So I've been blaming you for a decade, and it was somebody else. Yeah, I think it was. Uh, was it that tall, skinny, bearded guy? Yeah, yeah, the one from the <laughs> south. It would be that guy. <laughs> yeah. So, but I'll never forget, like, I'm looking around for my wallet. And what would I even do with my wallet? I wasn't driving anywhere. This was before Uber, so I was definitely staying there. And I'll, I'll never forget, like, you looked at me, and I had my cell phone in my hand, and you looked at me, and you were like, are you trying to call your wallet right now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's one of my favorite New Year's memories. And the other one is our friend who now lives overseas or lived overseas for many years. Uh, on New Year's Eve, I watched him uh, – had a cigarette in his mouth, and we were—I mean, we were dirt balls. So we were smoking inside or whatever, and uh, he had a cigarette in his mouth and his keychain out, and like with multiple keys on his keychain, and he like would take one key and put it to the end of the cigarette, like he was trying to light it, <laughs> and then like he'd tap it at it a couple of times and it wouldn't work, and then he'd roll up to the next key on the keychain. So like somehow in his like brownout state of wherever he was, he was the keys were the lighter, and each key was a new lighter, and he was uh. Uh, entertainment for hours, just watching him try to do that. Uh, I have one other question for you, and, I, and I'm only asking you this question because I went to a – it wasn't a holiday party, but it was a holiday luncheon with the rest of my team. And my boss went around, and she was asking, uh, name the worst gift you've ever had. And if you don't have a worst gift Christmas story, name just a memorable Christmas moment that you have. Do you have anything that's funny or that, that sticks up in the top of your head? No, you know, I – <sighs> hey man, I put you on the spot. I know. Well, so I'm trying to think of like when I really, really wanted something and didn't get it, or like when I got the invitation things. Uh, no, I don't have. I don't have a lot of. Do you have any stories where like some girl was like, "We're gonna go on a Christmas date," and then she stood you up? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I mean, we're gonna I'm make trying... this a holiday date, and you're gonna like it. Uh, didn't show you're sitting there with a bunch of roses. No, no. I mean, and this could, was last year. You could paint the picture. Yeah. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thanks for bringing that up. No, I can't, uh, I can't think I've been pretty fortunate, you know, like I don't have a lot of like the horror stories. I mean, my family can get really interesting, uh, through the holidays. Like, like everybody's can, like we're trying to do a nice thing for my, for my parents and get a, get them a riding lawnmower. Did I talk about this on the app? No, I have not heard about this riding lawnmower. Now, you were going to get a riding lawnmower for your old man? And, yeah, my mom and dad, because my mom ends up mowing, and, and my dad does too. Wait, and rewind I, the phone. Your mom m- mows well, she's a, the she's house? A, she's, she's a country woman. She oh, likes to go God. out there and do it. No way! No, no, it's You have three boys, and your dad, who's about four foot seven, no, and you, he you, does not mow the lawn. All you do is make things up. I all love you your old man. I love your old man. Uh, he is a wonderful no, person, so anyway, but he like, is about four seven. No, he's not four seven. He's taller than you are. Right. <laughs> and he said, he, tell, he literally looks at your mom in the eyes and says, oh, hey. Hey, Merry Christmas. We had a really nice... You got to get out there and mow that No, one. no, no. All right. <laughs> anyway, so I was going to tell a little story about how you know, it's complicated to, like, collude with family members to do, like, a surprise gift. 
And it's just complicated, you know. But please go back. Go. I gotta hear about your. I gotta hear. So about wait, your so mom. Wait, so we're, we're, my mom. I don't think my, my mother has ever mowed the lawn because that's kind of a boy's job, right? No, well, I don't know. My mom is a, is a is a go getting country girl. So Does she, she chop the wood. Yeah, yeah. She, <laughs> literally, she did that. So like, you know, where and my dad's a little bit more. Maybe I don't know. Even if my dad's a little more like this, or if my mom's so aggressive in going to get the lawn, like where I'm like, I'll do it Saturday. You know, like she's out there Tuesday getting it done because. Uh, you don't want to let it get long. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> it turns into uh, straw. That's what my dad said to me one time. He was like, he was so mad at me that I mowed the lawn or waited weeks to mow the lawn. And he's like, it looks like straw. Right. Because you're mowing hay or whatever. That's yeah. what we used. Yeah. Anyway. So um, I had conference calls with my brother, like with my brothers about this. And like, we were trying to get everything together. My older brother took the lead on it, got some stuff done. And, uh. Long story short is, we we got it taken care of, and then they called, and they're like, oh, the thing we said we had, we don't have. And so that put everybody in an uproar, and we're playing good cop, bad cop. And uh, Hold on a second. I'm so confused. I asked you why your mom mows the lawn. Just because no, no. she's a country bumpkin? No, no, no. Everything with you is so negative. <laughs> no, 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 no. I am not being negative. I am not Mr. Negative Chunk. I am an optimist. I just, I'm just curious, man. You tell a guy that your dad makes your mom mow no, the no, lawn. That, we, that, that, that he forces her to mow the those lawn. Words I'm going to ask questions. None of those words happened. None of those words came out of my mouth. Let's talk about your folks. Uh, I, the, the answer that I gave at this work party is... I wasn't a part of this Christmas, but my old man has – you've met my old man before. Several times. And he probably – I remember I remember my uh, my buddies when I was in high school. They, they kind of were like a little scared of him, and there was nothing to be scared – I mean I was scared of him, but that's because he kept on kept catching me smoking and getting bad grades. But what, uh, which, were, what, which happened a lot. Those yeah, things were, it's not hard to I catch. Never, I never did anything bad. I just, on a consistent basis, got bad grades and smoked cigarettes. Right, and he's right. Just like, and we would, are you kidding me with and this we would, nonsense? And we'd sneak, and you had a door to your room in the outside world. My dad is just like me. He has a, a good sense of humor, a, a wacky sense of humor, and he's he loves practical jokes way more than I do. So I guess one time. Uh, there was this big, huge, uh, underneath the tree, it was a, like a refrigerator sized Christmas box wrapped. Right. And the, the tradition at my house was, uh, go to, or go to church on Christmas Eve and you get to open up a present. So I guess like <laughs> my brothers came home. I, I think I, I don't know if I was born yet or if I was like one, two or three. Right. I've just, I've just heard the story, but. So they opened up the first layer. There's another box. They opened up the second layer. There's another box. 20 minutes later, they get all the way down to the end, and it's a Bible. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, that that sounds like like something your dad would do. How cruel is that? I don't know. Hey, whatever. I won't disparage that as a gift. What was the best gift you ever got for Christmas? I know that you've got it. I know that you've got it. The first – you didn't get a guitar until – until you were in college, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm terrible with that because I'm like I'm such a hard person to buy for. Because I'm like when people what ask was me the what best they want... gift you got in the last five years, how am I putting you on the spot? I don't know because like because I'm in dad mode now. So like with, I get I get I get really practical things now. What was Christmas. the best gift you gave to your kids since you've had them? Oh uh, okay, so I mean the bikes are always winners, right? So it's like you, you get a, you get him a bike and you're a hero for a while. I think I always just got like a used bike. I remember getting my brother's bike. Oh yeah, I mean you get the oldest one, the new bike, and uh-huh. then, you, then it trickles down. Uh-huh. So uh, you know, 
I don't know. There's always this is I do the very dad thing, and I'm like, I got them both fishing rods one year, and I'm like, you'll love fishing. Oh and they're god, like, that's cruel. No, that is so cruel. Oh. Fishing rods and what? And uh, you got Muddy Waters records. Right. And they're like, listen, you got to listen to this guy, man. We're this gonna guy listen to Muddy can, Waters. This guy can play. We're gonna go fishing. <laughs> And you're gonna... and they're crying. You're going, Daddy, Daddy, Daddy. <laughs> this is the worst Christmas ever. I wanted Chuck. You're like, we're gonna go fish. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have kids. You have kids, but I, I, I do feel what you're saying. I can't wait to just take the things that I like and, and shove force it, down it upon their them. Yes, yes. Like my little kids, you know, like a Nirvana shirt on or like a little Ice Cube onesie. Yeah, but on. I mean, but the thing that backfires is that they will ultimately, at least one of them will reject like whatever you give them like they have to rebel against something so well, if i'm gonna ground them like no, if, no, they, no, if they, they don't mean, like, like never like, mind ground this them. is the cool parents dilemma right if yeah. you want to be a cool parent you're like hey man whatever you know like How I, don't many care, cool- I don't care if you drink in high school and smoke pot they're gonna be like <laughs> um smoking pot and drinking in high school is for uh 90s people turn you know? off your phone man oh, i'm sorry i, I mean it'd be one thing if this was like the second episode but this is episode eight episode nine uh, so this is our special Mario episode. We're gonna do. Can a we call it Mario the whole Mario. time? Mario. That's my joke. I was gonna say. I was gonna keep on saying Mario over and over and over until you just. Snapped. Well, you've been saying Mario all day. What's day. Super Mario Brothers? I'm Super Mario Brothers this is like what my mom would say. You playing that Mario Brothers again? Hey, I just played uh, in your basement where we are coming to you live. Well, not live, but recording live from your basement. I just I got to eight and four. Jeff, I've never been more proud of you. Dinger Dog, I've never been more proud of you. I I was literally sitting behind you, and like I didn't want you to see that I was sitting behind you because I was like cheering you on earlier this week. Okay, I would like to set the stage. Uh, we're gonna do two episodes for our Mario special. Uh, this episode is gonna be the first three NES Mario games, and then we're gonna talk about uh, Mario Maker. Uh, which came out for the Wii U in 2015. Our second episode, part two, is going to be about the the two SNES games and then about the two Wii and Wii U games. So um, I think that me and you have both played every single one of these games. Am I correct? Yeah, I, I probably have to go back. I, I, you know, I didn't have a lot of Super NES experience I just did. in general. I did. So, so. Um, I'll have to go back and kind of see. I'll probably get those emulators or something and play them. Um, or no, download you're not. Them. no, you're not. Yeah, I am. I'm committed to this podcast. I don't know if you can tell by the fact that uh, I'm here today. Dinger Dog. Okay, so I'm going to get back to what you're saying. I played Mar- Super Mario Brothers, released in uh, 1985. Uh, it is the number two best-selling Nintendo game. It sold 40 million copies. Do you know what is the number one best-selling Nintendo game? Mario 3? Wii Sports. Oh. And that's not fair because it was a packing game with every single week from the beginning. But I was I was trying to do a little bit of research and I was like, all right, I'm going to play Mario 1. I sat down and I was like, listen, you have an attention deficit problem. Just sit down and try to play this game. There's a pill for that. I, I played two levels and I was like, fuck this. <laughs> whoa, whoa. <laughs> Get the bleep I button out. I said my best. Uh, yeah. And I'm just – I have a lot of love for that game. I have a lot of nostalgia for that game. I never beat it. And huh. it, I definitely got it with my Nintendo when I was a kid. And I just – and I played it over at all my buddies' houses. And No, as a kid, I, I, think, I never beat it. I think, I think it. I'm like – I'm the student and you're the master because I was literally beside myself watching you almost beating the game. And then what did you do? You did the perfect dinger thing. And you just blew it, man. No, so so this is I had this is my I would approach. love to hear this excuse. This is the approach. So so eight four right? Uh, 
And listen, you tell all the listeners that you were like quietly behind me, but in fact, that was after you were right beside me and so shaking the, you, you know, <laughs> going oh, like at every possible moment. Jeff, I'm an enthusiast or Dinger Dog. I'm an enthusiastic person. Right. So you know, at the end, I mean, I guess we're not even going to bother walking through the game. The last two, the last two enemies are everybody's played this game. Are, I, are, I, are, are, are a hammer brother, right? Yeah. And so I'm doing the right thing. The way you defeat a hammer brother is you get close. Go to look a hammer brother in the eye, let him jump, you run underneath him. And meanwhile, you're going, oh, you're too close. I freaked out. I couldn't believe it when you jumped and you died. And I was like, he would die, man. And so like, then, so then I, so I run underneath him, I jump over the lava pit, and I'm coming in at Matt, Super Koopa, or, you know, and he's he throws like a bazillion hammers at once. And I'm just, a, I'm a go for it at that moment, the thing. I, you got to go for it. Either You've always you, been a yes man. Yeah, you go high or you go low. And yeah, I chose man. high and I chose wrong. And I never made it back there. after like, I, was, I had three lives at that point and then I, I didn't make it back Have there. Have you been a yes man your entire life? I'll never forget. I, w- I was picking up a couple alcoholic beverages uh, uh, for this podcast and I saw Sparks for the first time in ever. And I immediately went back to 10 years ago when me and you were in college. And there was like me and two other buddies and we said – Dinger Dog, drink four sparks, and you went, yep. Well, I think there's that more. Been, has that been, is that why people like you so much? <laughs> well, I think. It's I, just because, like, not only are you willing to please people, like, for their entertainment, but just you're like, yep. yep that. Well, I think there was more to that. Like, there was like, and we'll pay your bar tab. Did we pay your bar tab? Yeah, yeah. And oh, we went, thank we went, God. Thank God. I just figured I left. <laughs> no, we went to that jazz bar, and I was, like, trying to scat with the jazz band, because... <laughs> Give me that, that, I'll that, never uh, forget you woke up the next day. We were living together at that time, and you said, Chunk, um, the alcohol put me to sleep, but I had a bunch of nightmares last <laughs> yeah, night they're, from they're, the they're, caffeine. Uh, Sparks dreams don't well, happen. Well, that was before the uh, Sparks like changed into like the news. I didn't even know that there was a new Sparks. Well, I just they had to. They, they went got... the way of four local. They had to be careful with like the content of that. Any, anywho, uh there was a point before the Sparks thing went, oh, Super Mario yes Brothers. Man. No, I'm not a yes man. I'm, I'm an adventurer. I'm a life adventurer. Like, I, I, I should just follow your mantra. Well, like, whatever. Like, hey, I don't know. Maybe That's a good way to look at things. Whatever, man. Like, maybe four Sparks is the best thing that's ever happened to people, you know? <laughs> I got a good heart. Yeah. I, <laughs> maybe I'll achieve I'm a higher. three years old. Maybe that's where Nirvana is in the boot of just missed it, you know? Like, <laughs> so. so you were at 8-3. You eight, were eight four eight four okay and so essentially I played I played twice in the time you were setting up for for the cast and uh, you know what, can I interrupt you real quick you, you know what I was blown away by is I think when I was a kid I got to Bowser's last castle and I never knew the puzzle and that was this is we're talking about 1987 when you didn't have the internet and I just remember going through pipe 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 and the time would run out and. And as we were playing the game, I loved it. You just you said out loud, "Wow, it's all coming back." To yo, me. It, it just came back to me surprisingly, like, like yo, okay, jumping fish. It's the second high, the second high uh-huh. tube, you know. And then you're like, "Oh, I'm in the water. Stay low. Walk so the squid don't get you." Um, it came back to me relatively quickly, but then uh, I lost it. I lost my last guy. I was in panic mode, classic dinger style, in panic mode, like. Went down the wrong tube, and then once, once if you don't do it in like that, like order, then it, it threw it all off, and I couldn't get it back. Well, can I say something? I remember when you told me like a couple episodes that you beat that game, and I believe it, and I'm so impressed. I, I like I said, I sat upstairs, and I, I, I may, I may have put a lot of time into that game when I was a kid, but boy, it doesn't translate to now because I 
I I was like dying at the second level, and I was like, well, screw this, you know. Well, yeah, I uh, I I loved that game. I, I think again, this is we keep coming back to this. I had a lot of time with the same games. Yeah. Like I, mean, I, I, I wasn't. No, but I wasn't progressing through game like like I didn't have a SNES. We did have a Genesis, but everything oh, that we had was poor later. dinger. Oh, you got a. <laughs> it was rough. <laughs> Whatever. Apparently, you had a PC where you played a bunch of your PC tank games wars. On tank, tank wars. Tank wars. I'm gonna have a whole tank wars episode. Now listen, I know that I know that when I tell you things, nine times out of ten, you are thinking, "Man, is he telling the truth?" But do you want do you want to know what the? <laughs> listen, I know you're laughing. Do you want to know what the origin of Mario is? It's pretty awesome. So Shigeru Miyamoto, he is the guy that it was his brainchild. He invented it 31 years ago now. Um, so at first, he was coming up with a with a character for Nintendo. Nintendo had been around for a long time. They originally started as like some sort of like weird card-based game, and then they got into uh, video games. But then there was the whole uh, video game crash of the early '80s, so Nintendo was big time struggling at this time, as were Atari, all the other video game companies. So he was thinking of like his mascot that he was going to have. The first, uh, the first iteration of Mario was called Mr. Video, and. As I know, that's what it is. I'm, I'm, well, and I'm this is serious. for Nintendo because I swear I was just in a store today and saw an Atari version of Mario Brothers. Uh, there might have been no, no. You, you probably just saw like a similar video game, but so and then as he was developing Donkey Kong, we need a producer to fact check stuff. Well, I mean, like I said, as okay, I'm talking, going, I'm, going, as going. I'm talking, I'm like, you think that I'm lying? So. <laughs> As he would develop the jump mechanic for Donkey Kong, he turned him into Jumpman. And then this is where things get real loosey-goosey. So apparently Nintendo had a warehouse in Japan that they weren't paying their bill for where they supplied all of their product before they sent it out. And I'm not kidding. They had an angry Italian landlord named Mario Sagale. And and he saw it and he was like, that's, that's, what, that's what Mr. Jumpman is going to be. He's gonna, his name is going to be Mario. So do do you remember? I don't know when this was that the like the conspiracy theory in the eighties that that Mario was like uh, was was kind of a a communist. No, no. Did you make up this theory? No. When you were six? No, I didn't make up this theory. And Better I red than dead. And I didn't make this up right now either. Uh, so where's red? Right. Yeah. He has like a Stalin-esque mustache. Sure. Right? And he he's basically so the theory was that like that Mario was a communist plot to like wipe out a, a generation of kids. That's terrible. Because you know like instead of you going outside and playing and, and talk kissing girls or whatever, <laughs> you're going to sit inside and just, you know, try to beat 8 and 4 for the rest of your We're life. Trying to- the show who told you this I, I i mean the internet i don't know i i think it's a real thing i mean i think people really had a scare about this at some point or at least some people did well you know it was breathtaking as i was watching you play that game like you kind of know it backwards to forwards and it, when we were like i was bugging you i was bugging you i was bugging you what what's our next episode what's our christmas episode gonna right. be and you were like mario and i was like what about Sonic? And you were like, what about Mario? And I was like, what about anything else? And you were like, it's Mario, dude. Well, I think Mario has got to be the most, like, to me, and I, I think we should do Mario every Christmas. You sure. Know, so while we, with this podcast career that we're launching now, and we're 30 years from now, we'll just do the 30th Mar- uh, Mario Christmas episode because to me, nothing says, like, this is open, this is Christmas morning. Like, Mario and Christmas morning are synonymous to me. And, like, sure. 
that's that's what you want. I mean, that was. I mean, maybe it was because that's. I think that's when we got we got Mario. We got that for Christmas. You would have. I did too. I I didn't get mine until 1991, so it would have been a full six years. But my brother had an NES before me, so I had played it. But he he I think he sold it for a Sega Genesis, so right. I did not have a Nintendo. Right. So I mean, I guess it, that is just like Mario Christmas morning cross wires for me. So um, yeah, I love that game. I was playing through it. Um, and I, I, I remember every little thing, like one, 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 where you go past the, the tallest tube, you kind of inch over to get the extra life, but then you can still go down the tube and then you, you followed me. You're looking at me. Blank no, blank. I, 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 right, so, I actually, the light bulb was going on. I was like, no way. Yeah. And then, that and then, happen. yeah. And then two where the, the, they have the, the extra life in the, in the ceiling, the blue bricks in the ceiling. Sure. But sometimes like, how does an extra life mushroom know that? Like one out of thirty-seven times to jump over the little hole that you created with your head by blasting through bricks. I don't know. Um, we used to do all sorts of fun things too. Well, I don't know if they're fun. Who's things. we? You and your brother? Me and my brothers. Like we would do. We we would do the Mario, and doing the Mario was. Uh, I'm excited. What is doing no, the Mario? You're, you're going to be disappointed. So doing the Mario was like. Uh, I don't know when we were playing this. We were probably playing this. That that remember that TV show that was awesome. Yeah, yeah. Like, that came out so. And he would say, do the Mario, and he'd do the dance, you know? And I'm swinging my arms right now as, as I'm talking. But uh, if you got a if you got a uh, vine up to the top, you would do the Mario by continuing to press up and the vine. Yeah. And you would, like, hop there in place and do this. Like, well, your arms would fly side to side, and we call it doing the Mario. Well, I, mean, I called that the infinite lives trick. So I remember, like, you know this game way better than I do. And I, and I can just remember, like, some of the antics that I would pull off when I was a kid. And I remember telling my next-door neighbor, who was one of my best friends at the time, if you jump on that vine until the time runs out, <laughs> you will get infinite lives. And he would do it, and he would die. And I'd be like, fooled you. <laughs> you did it wrong. And then my other favorite, favorite thing about Super Mario Brothers was convincing the other person to be... Luigi. Yeah, yeah. Sit and watch me and play. And I, I remember telling my one buddy who already had anger issues when he was like eight years old. I'm like, dude, I promise, I promise, when you jump that gap, I am not gonna press pause. And he'd be <laughs> like, you've done that every single time for two years. And I was like, listen, man, I have learned the error of my ways. It's not gonna happen. It would be his turn. He would jump. I'd press pause. He'd fall right into the middle, and I'd be like, I mean, it's it's your fault at this point. Right, right. Well, I mean, yeah. But still, to this day, I choose Luigi in all the games, if I can. He, uh, Luigi is a superior. I want to wrap up Super Mario Brothers at this point. I wish we could have beat it, but you just you, you, you didn't just play. didn't have it, man. You didn't play once. I didn't. I sat and criticized. Yep. yep. I, did you see how excited I was? Though? No, was like, I, I, I heard how excited you were. I was, I was like were. shaking. I was like, is it would have been, really been nice for the show if I could say, and I just beat the game, but you know. So Super Mario One sold uh, forty million copies. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 2, there's a very interesting story behind this game. It has sold 10 million copies. So, do you know do you know the story about this? I think that I told you about it on our pilot episode, but do you kind of remember what I was Yeah, I mean, I'm... it was a different game that they just bought They bought the pieces for, right? So, well, here's what happened. There is Nintendo of America, and there's Nintendo of Japan. Mario Brothers 1 came out, smash success. They're like... We they had another system coming out in Japan. It was called the Super Famicom Disk System. So it looked like a Nintendo, and on the bottom of it, it had like a like a uh, computer disk reader. 
So the graphics were going to be better. It was going to look better. And they wanted a sequel. Uh, Super Mario Brothers 1 had sold so many copies that they wanted to make a sequel. So in Japan, uh, Shigeru Miyamoto, he built the sequel. He They only did it like within like eight months of the release of Super Mario Brothers 1. And have you ever played um, uh, the SNES game, uh, the, the, the cart with uh, the lost levels on it? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think I played that. Maybe I only played that in uh later ver- like as a like a download or something Super Mario Brothers the Lost Levels is actually the Japanese version of Super Mario World 2 so the the director in America got the copy from Japan of Super Mario Brothers 2 from Japan and he played it and basically it was a much 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 harder version of Super Mario Brothers mean- 1 Meanwhile meanwhile in back in the states like when I was I remember this well, I was eight, and there was, like, a rumor that this four-year-old kid could beat the game, and I'm like, that's impossible. You know, like, that game was... Mario Brothers, like, now I play it, and I know it, and it's not... I'm 34 years old. I was blown away. And it's hard. You, it's a you, hard you game. You brought me up so high to just let me down. <laughs> all, right, all, right, all right, keep going with your with your enthralling story. So, uh, the, the, the American Nintendo guy, he got the copy from Japan, and they said, this is going to be the Super Mario Brothers 2 and he played it, and he was like, this is too hard. And it is very, very, very similar to Super Mario Brothers 1. They changed some things up. There's, like, some wind. There's different powers-ups. There's, like, a poison mushroom. And okay. the, guy, the guy, the first level, he hit a uh, question box, and a poison mushroom came out, and he killed it, and he died. And, like, Japanese gamers, they're used to an extremely hard game. Right. And... He, this guy, this American Nintendo guy, was like, "This is just, this is just too hard." So, um, the game sold incredibly well over in Japan. Uh, it was Super Mario Brothers two in Japan, so that's why that game came out in like, uh, like eighty six, and and there wasn't a Super Mario Brothers until in America until nineteen eighty eight. So what they did was, there was a uh, a festival in Japan called uh, Yumi Kojo. Doki Doki Panic. Do you know what that stands for? Uh-huh. I, I'm Dinger worried dog, this Dinger is made dog up. has a big pants sausage. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, I mean, so there was this, there was this, there was this, there was this uh, festival that was in Japan that was huge, tons of marketing, ton, ton, hundreds of thousands of people, and uh, uh, the characters and the enemies in the themes of the game were meant to reflect the mascots and theme of the festival. So they they made this game. And which one are we talking about the American version? No, no, no. no. We're talking about a completely different game. We're talking about what we got with super Mario brothers Two America. Okay. This is, so what they did was Shigeru Miyamoto and the Nintendo or the, yeah, the the same team that worked on super Mario brothers made this game for this festival. And we needed the American audience needed a uh, Mario brothers two version to sell in the States. So, the, the game was already made by Shigeru Miyamoto. It was already developed by the same team that did Mario 1. So all they did was they reskinned the characters and they reskinned a lot of the enemies. They changed some of the story. And that was Super Mario Brothers 2. How, how, did you play that much? Um, I have played Mario Brothers 2 a lot, but I never got very far. And I remember being so confused when I was a kid. And it makes sense now that I was all that confused because it was originally developed to be an homage to this 
festival that was in Japan and they took it and they changed it. Yeah, I mean, so it's that's a tough like, I mean, hell, it's a strange, strange game. I I played it recently. I mean, I I was kind of infatuated with it as a kid, um, but it was too hard and too confusing and too unlike ba- the Bowser's system. gone. Bowser's and gone. Now the enemy is Wart. Uh, you don't jump on people anymore. You pick up radishes and throw them at people. Right, and you and you pick up you can pick up people and you can like. Like, uh, like squat over a, po- <laughs> you can be the princess and squat over a potion bottle and uh-huh. like, and then throw it down and it makes a door into like some sort of dark mirror world. Like, I, I never knew what the hell was going on. Somebody's on acid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and then you, I, that actually makes more sense when I think about like the like kind of tropes and things of that, like the, uh, like the little guys with a white mask and like the red capes, essentially the bad guys there. Um, I, I, I played that more as an adult recently, actually. Yeah. You said that you tried to beat it. I tried, I tried really hard to beat it. And, and like, this is, you know, I, I do poor research for this show and I'm like trying right now. I'm like hoping you would keep talking so I can I look you up were texting your wife. And no, like, I'm trying to driving look at, me crazy. Are I'm you... trying to look up how far I got. Cause I got to, I got fairly far. So I got to the level where there's it's like you go underground and there's like an underground maze. I, but, I literally thought you were like, yes, I'll get bagels. Yeah, yeah, no, no, bananas. I swear to God, I'll get bananas. <laughs> I did a calculation once. I did a calculation once, and my family eats like uh, something along the lines of like 980 pounds of bananas a year. Like Donkey Kong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, uh, we are a, a gorilla or two at the zoo. So, isn't that a bizarre story, though? Like, so the the Japanese Super Mario Brothers 2, which was actually the harder Super Mario Brothers game, it was a smash hit in Japan. It sold, like, 10 million copies. And then the same thing for Super Mario Brothers 2, which is the remake, which is the changing of this Doki Doki Panic, or Dinger Dog has a large sausage in his pants. Uh, it sold like 10 million copies in America too. And it's widely regarded as part of the canon, like just a great game. And I, it just confuses the heck out of me. I never, okay. I never got very far. I, 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 think saw, I, I also to... had to Wikipedia that the Doki Doki was a real thing. And that, that just wasn't something that it sounds like it sounds to me. I started like something this... that you would make up. I started the story saying, listen, I know you don't believe a single thing that <laughs> well, I said. Well, I mean, this is like, this is the story that I tell my kids when they tell lies. Like, there's this boy, right? And he and the sheep, and then he lied a lot, and then nobody believed him. Do you know where I got this from? My dad, my dad constantly when I was younger, even when I was like 14, 15, would play practical jokes on my mom. And like, like we'd be watching the Olympics, and he would tell my mom that one of the ice skaters got disqualified. She was supposed to get the gold, but she got a silver because she was wearing a thong. And my dad believes that there's two parts to a practical joke. Number one, when you tell your wife. And number two, when she goes to work and tells everybody. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I mean, I can remember, I can remember just um, a classic, like, so how that's rolled down into you. Like, I can remember, I don't know if you, I saw you do this or I heard a story of you doing this, but I know I've seen you do this for somebody where you'll like, um, you'll engage like kind of somebody who maybe knows who you are, but they're they're, they're at least an acquaintance. They're not your friends that would know better. And you'll just be like, so I was telling the guy and he's sitting there and he's got a dumb face on his face and I'm telling him. And so I'm, I'm about to lay it on him and I says to him and then like, you will just only set up the story and never deliver anything. So you're like, so I says to him and he's standing there and he's got (laughs) blue jeans on. And he's got a dumb face, and I'm about to say it to him, and I'm going to say it to him, and I says to him, right to his face, you won't believe this. You won't believe this. I says to him, and then he, his eyes, are, he's got these blue eyes, uh-huh. and like, 
just to see how long I think this that, poor soul will stand there. I think that joke came from SNL, but I remember doing that to people at work when I was a waiter. And I remember this poor girl looking me with these big bright eyes for 10 straight minutes. And I'm like, look, I looked at the guy and I says, I, I was like, I was looking right at the guy. <laughs> and I was sizing him up. And, and you got to believe that, like, I had just had a chicken sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh. It's good. It's good. I only did one ever good practical joke story. It wasn't even a story. It was like, I took this kind of like long drawn out con from a, a record I heard and delivered it as truth to people at work. And I've never seen the sweetest woman that I've ever worked with in my life. She was like hooked on it. And then at the end, like it's a punchline, like, and now I'm pulling your leg or whatever. And she threw a book at me. Oh, really? And uh, so anyway, uh, Mario 3. Uh, let's let's finish with the ending. So at the at the end of Mario Two, it just turns out to be like a wild dream, and the animation is really good. Like for an NES game from that era, it's just they show that he is dreaming the ending of the game, and I I know I don't want to do this to you right now, but can you please tell me about my favorite dream of all time that you did when we were in high school? Please and and sell it. Like this is. I, I, when I try to explain, this is a, this is when real... I try to explain Dinger Dog to people that have never met you, I tell this story. So just sell it, and then we'll move on. All right. So, so I mean, the background is I was, I was, it was. I believed myself to be a budding athlete at some point, 16, in high school. 15 years yeah, old. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was good, but not great. And then I, then you know, I came to some harsh realities as 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 you get it as you start playing men, you're like, whoa, <laughs> <laughs> that that fell is good, and. uh so I, I had quit all playing sports, but I, you know, I had this dream, and I'll never forget it. I mean, it is it is burned into my like my subconscious and my my being now. Um, it's me and Dick Vitale, you know, like, <laughs> like yeah, baby, TNT Sports. Yeah, no, he's like the college college basketball guy. Like it's Duke, baby, or whatever. <laughs> that guy. So. Um, we are in dugout, like Aboriginal dugout canoes. Just you and him. Just me and him. Like, actually, I think there was a guy. There was a guy too. So uh, we're we're like paddling down. The, like they're basically kayaks. They're one person Aboriginal canoes. We're paddling down the Amazon. You know, and the water's high, and there's trees everywhere. And we're about to turn this corner, and the guide says, "Hey, you know, right around this corner, we're coming into Piranha area." So. <laughs> So be careful. And these these Aboriginal dugout canoes, they're not very stable, you know, like particularly to us white folks who've never used them before. So I'm like a little scared. Dick Vitale's ahead of me. And he goes around the corner and he like paddles and he leans too far to the left and flips his canoe. And of course there's like commotion in the water, yeah. splashing, like yep. all sorts of crazy stuff. And I'm just a viewer at this point, like, oh. And then, miraculously, and I'm moving my head because I, I'm trying to. He pull, he flips the the canoe back up, like almost like a, it's almost like a kayak. Like you, you see people flip a kayak back up, and he's on top, but he's gone. He's just a skeleton with eyes, and, and he looks, and the skeleton turns to me and says, "They didn't get my brain, baby." And I set up in bed, and. That was the, probably the scariest dream I've ever had I've in my life. That, I've heard that story so many times, and it never gets old. I walked into a party like 
10 years ago and I heard some guy that I kind of knew from the grapevine telling this story and I ruined probably the greatest chance of him ever getting action or like just telling a good story because I stopped him and I was like, that's my good buddy Digger Dog. They didn't get my brain, baby. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like talking like, to me like, he's like, how could you steal that punchline for me? Anyway, so I'm glad you brought that up. Oh God, I love that story. I actually talked to uh a woman who was like deep in, into like dream psychology about that at some point. We'll we'll dig into that in a later episode. <laughs> so let's talk about Super Mario Brothers three. Uh, this game was released in 1990. It's considered one of the best games ever made. Uh, it sold 17 million oh, copies because it probably is. Now let me ask you a question. I was blown away with how you played Super Mario Brothers one. What uh, did you play a lot of three? I played a lot of three. Now did you own three? Yes, yes. See that's really impressive because I never owned two or three. I only owned one, and I played a bunch at my friend's house. I would sometimes play it on the arcades because if you'd go to an arcade, they'd have those versus machines, and you could put in a quarter and play Super Mario Brothers three. But everything about Super Mario Brothers three was bigger and better. The sprites looked better. They had that What's awesome a sprite? world. Uh, just, the, just like the, kind of the graphic model. Okay, okay. It had that world map, that iconic world map. Uh, um, the the game introduced six new power ups: the Super Leaf. Oh yeah, the the Raccoon Leaf, right? What's the Tanuki suit? Tanuki must be a Japanese word. Well, I mean, there's a couple. Okay, is that where you're a frog, or a raccoon? I, a... I do not know. You are the expert. I mean, I don't know what it was called. We call it either it's a frog suit or a raccoon suit. Or there was a time when you could actually get in a boot. That was pretty cool. The P-Wing, the frog suit. Oh, the P-Wing. So the frog suit. The hammer suit. suit and Goomba's shoe. Okay, Goomba's shoe I just covered. Goomba's shoe is actually where you just got in Goomba's shoe and you were kind of invincible to, like, biting flowers. The P-Wing came from the princess. And that was essentially just the same thing as the, as the leaf. But you could fly infinitely. Well, my question is, could you beat this game? Uh, Isn't it a weird story? There's, I don't, I, I, I never, I, this game is incredibly hard. It's still, I'm going to beat it in my life. Like it's on my bucket list to do, but so you go through, <laughs> most people have like, go to Paris. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, hike the Appalachian Trail. <laughs> I'm going to beat Which is Super also Mario Brothers 3. Well, I, I got both of those. And when trail. you're there, and when you're there, and you're at at Bowser, I'm just gonna be like, he's not gonna do it, and then you're gonna fail me, and no. then we're both gonna die. No, no, I, I like I like the idea of like me being like, probably let's, let's be realistic, like 67, uh, like tubes hooked up everywhere, laying around, and like they're like, we don't know how the hell are we gonna get a, a bring Nintendo? Me, bring me a Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, what? And they're like, you know how much those things cost? They're antiques. <laughs> bring me a Nintendo Mario. Bring me, bring me Evan Williams, a Nintendo, and four sticks of pepperoni right it, now. It, now. Now. <laughs> and seven penthouse. No, no. <laughs> Always with the stacks of penthouse. Um, one thing I played, I played, like, I played through the first world just because I kind of wanted to remember it. And I, I remember... Um, I wrote down that I, I, I thought it was kind of awesome that in Mario 3 there's all the mini games that are like littered throughout the world map. There's the when you like toad when you bump in. Yeah. You know oh, yeah. Talking? Okay. Like, so you have to like match the. Yeah. 
the the moving pieces. No, no, no. That's just when you go into Toad's house and there's three chests. Oh, and, yeah. And oh, you yeah. go, oh, I'm going to grab that oh, one. No, I'm thinking about the spade. Like, Well, the next one is the line up the pictures. Right. Which, which is that like, one's really hard. But I remember being a kid and having a strategy guide and it had a list of like every single formation that the pictures could be in and we would like unlock every single one of them right and so it was like two ahead of, like i think i re- remember that it was like you wanted to hit the button when you first like if you're tr- going for mushroom when you first saw the mushroom in the left corner of the screen that's when you would click a or whatever to then line up the screen uh, uh do you remember like the so at the end of that you didn't get a flag you got you jumped through the box and got like a, a power up and do you know the trick that if you were if you were running fast enough, there was going so you could fly or whatever. Are you uh, free, are you freaking with me, dude? I'm freaking with you, man. <laughs> I'm totally that that if you were doing that and you just made a straight jump into the box, you would always get a star. No, I did not know that. that I thought that that was badass about the uh, like at the end of every level. There's the little boxes that you jump into and like getting two stars, two stars, and then like fire flower, and you're like, no, no one up. I need fifteen up. Um, did you call them guys or lives? Uh, I mean, every once in a while. I mean, I remember being in college and calling condoms guys. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want me to grab a guy, baby? Uh, uh, I I feel sorry for so many women that you knew. Yeah, they're like, are are you a grown up? <laughs> I I'm frightened. You're reaching in the in the drawer there, in the nightstand, and are you gonna pull out another human? I remember dating this girl in college, and you knew her, and I didn't really date her. But I remember, <laughs> I remember after one like one morning, like I woke run up romantic and, evening, and she was just like, "You really should go to the gym." And I'm like, "Good God! Like how how artful is that?" <laughs> hey, and the truth hurts. Um. So. Nothing but special memories about Super Mario Brothers three. So I'm gonna I got a couple real special memories. I would, lo- like, I would love to hear them. So I I loved the fact that you could, like, now it was turn based instead of being Luigi. Like they fixed the Luigi problem, right? They fixed the fact that you would have to wait for someone to get to eight and two to die in Mario one. So was it every level you changed it? Yeah, every level okay. it automatically yeah, yeah. changed. But they built in the competitive thing like so if you were luigi and you were sliding over where i died i could hit a real quick if you weren't fast and we would go into that weird like limbo world oh i remember that where you'd have to like kill five that. things and yeah. then like but you could also steal people's power-ups from the end uh-huh. so if, if i had two stars from the last two levels i finished and you had a star i would just go steal it and then i would come out with five lives and so that was fun with brothers. Um, the giant world was pretty fun. Like even the warp whistles were great, but there's still some like randomness to the warp whistles that I still to this day don't understand. I never understood any of that nonsense. It started off with grassland, and it's obviously mainly plains and hills. It went to desert land, which had sand, palm trees, pyramids, waterland, which was a water-themed region. Right. Giant, giant land. Giant land was awesome. Yep. That was very impressive. For the graphics at the time. Yeah. And so I think the thing is, what my standard mode was to get play one all the way through, get the two whistles there, and then play two until you could smash the, the monkey turd or whatever the rock was in the way after you beat the monkey and got the hammer. Okay. To get the third warp whistle. It's so funny, like, you talking about this game... <sighs> 
I'm just like, uh, I don't remember that part. So you could just be making up stuff right, right. the whole time. And, and, and then you kick the homeless person. Right, I'm like, right. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I remember and, that. 7 uh, 1. And do the doki doki yeah. dance. And, yeah. <laughs> so, um, no, there's real, real things. Uh, and then you ate. Eight was such a tease of a level because you go to is eight. Is that Iceland or Pipeland? Well, well, final level eight, which is probably. Oh, Darkland. Uh, Darkland. Yeah. So, but before you got to Darkland. You actually would go through, like, there would be the ship. You'd have to beat the ship and the train. Yeah. And, you like, I remember, and you have to go across the things where the hands would grab you. And I'm like, we finally beat that. And I thought I was beating the game. Yeah. And then, like, that was just the door to get into Darkland. Uh-huh. Darkland's hard. I, I, so I, that's where I stall out after that because it gets way too hard. But well, we're going to have to try and we're going to have to try and beat it, man. Bring me. All right. Uh, I mean, that was the first three Mario Brothers. A lot of good stories there. Uh, Dinger Dog, you want to take a break, bud? Uh, I don't want to. We're gonna t- we're gonna take one. So just uh, you've got, you've, <laughs> uh, all right. Yeah, we're gonna take one. Uh, right now. Back eight. And we'll be back after a word from our sponsors. Dinger Dog, you've known me for a long time—about twenty years, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I count everyone as a blessed year. Well, I mean, you know that I'm the type of guy that. I don't like it when it's too hot outside. It drives me crazy. You come over to my house, and it's if it's in the middle of the summer, it's about a nice 60 degrees inside. Yeah, you know, like I look for the penguins when I come over in July. Have you ever – so have you ever been out of the country before? I mean, I've been out of the country, but not to like any proper – any Canada doesn't count, right? No, Canada, Canada doesn't count. America's the, top the good hat. people up north. So uh, I went out of the country this year for my uh, honeymoon, and we went to Jamaica – and I was blown away, bud. Their airports are not air conditioned. Okay. Do you have any idea what that kind of hell is like? <laughs> well, I mean, I don't it's know. an enclosed building, sure. no fans, sure. and it is 95 degrees out. The humidity is about 110%. And I am looking for a little bit of relaxation this is my honeymoon i want to sure. feel comfortable sure. now listen I know, i'm an american i know i know that times are tough in jamaica i know that the houses are built like wood shanties and that is basically what and, you know like i know that their only export is I, sugar cane or something like that but God, can we at least they need a president in their whatever Jamaica house that is going to provide air conditioning at the airports. And I don't think it's ever going to happen, bud. Um, is there a product here? I mean, yes. this is okay. so the good people at cool down are going to provide us with an air conditioned suit. So oh. you can go to anywhere you want to, where it's going to be hot. And not only do you look stylish, but you have a full body suit on that is a nice. So what does the suit look like? Sixty-seven degrees. Well, like I mean, it looks it looks kind of like a little bubble, and it's got a nice tank on the back. Okay, but so boy, I was thinking, I was thinking maybe it was like into like a nice like like a three piece look, like like a three piece business suit. Or yes. Like. Uh, well, I mean, there's lots the, of there's lots of different. You could varieties. paint that on the outside of the bubble. Yes. Well, okay. uh, you can wear a, you can wear a suit over top of it because remember. The suit that is touching your body, that's the air-conditioned suit. But our okay. most popular selling brand is the red, white, and blue suit. So, so, so you're going to only... go to this third-world country, and you're going to be like, hey, I don't know how you guys do things here where uh, you're, uh, you guys have no money. But where I come from, we celebrate the, the eagle. We celebrate <laughs> the we celebrate lots of food. 
And so gosh darn it, we have an air-conditioned suit. You're, that you're telling wear. me not only are you walking into like a deprived area, maybe maybe like as a tourist, and you know that's that could be challenging as it is. Like, um, and there's people there that are probably hungry, and you're like, whatever. I spent how much does this cost? Uh, it's pretty. It's pretty reasonable. Eighteen thousand dollars. Yes, yes. And uh, what the, what on the, this air-conditioned suit, but I got. I also got the Uncle Sam version. That had like so it's long striped, red white striped pants, a blue starred overcoat, and a top hat. Yes, you can you can also get that. Well, you know what the the best thing about this invention is too is you can actually buy um like uh, something that you wear on your shoulder and it'll block cricket. Have you ever seen cricket? It's not a good sport, and <laughs> that's what that's what they play in countries where it's hot and they don't have air conditioned suits. I sat, I was in this airport and I must have watched like two hours of cricket, not in my air conditioned suit, and I and I thought to myself, boy. I really wish that somebody would make an air-conditioned suit, and they have. And not only people, have they made it, but there's a red, white, and blue suit, so you can walk into that airport with, with pomp with, and with, circumstance with and say, pride. yes, like pride. I am an American. Yes, I am an American. Give me a cheeseburger. Uh, yeah, I don't care. I, I didn't bother to learn one lick of your language. Yes. I I, I don't care about your culture. But, Dinger Dog, this, this suit isn't just for third world nonsense you can also wear it anywhere that you don't want to i remember anywhere that you don't want to yeah well i remember one time we and you were in college and you were going camping and i thought to myself boy i i the outdoors that sounds like the worst Well, so here's the the real story like i was going camping they gave you a ring and i'm like listen me and the me and the pals are going camping you are invited yes like this is your official invite invite however and then nice like however embedded pause uh, you're not really invited because you're just going to complain the whole time about it. Well, the good hot. people at Cool Down Bro are going to give you <laughs> an air-conditioned suit. So, boy, you fly into Jamaica, you fly into any third-world country. I mean, I mean, at some point, they yes, they are going to develop air conditioning in their airports. But until then, I'm an American, and I want to be comfortable. I don't want to sit there and sweat my bejesus off. And Cool Down Bro is going to do it. So, Cool Down Bro, eighteen grand for the suit. How how much is the app? Uh, the app is ninety nine cents. Ninety nine cents. But, but with the app, you can shop all the different styles. We've got we've got Woodsman. We've got uh, the uh, American Woodsman. Suit. We've Woodsman. got is it? Oh, is there is there is there the Uncle Sam one that's like just uh, red, white, and blue, but like dulled into camo colors? Yes. Oh, so you can be comfortable when you're hunting for God's sakes. <laughs> Oh man! Like nothing says the great outdoors like the great indoors. Ah, oh, I love it! I love it. Sign me up for the camo one. Um, cool me down, bro. Cool down, bro. Cool down, bro. Eighteen grand for the suit, and um, make sure one. to get the app. Get one. Welcome back to Afternoon Yap with Chunk and Dinger. Dinger Dog. It's the Christmas season. I got a question for you, man. What's uh, some of your favorite Christmas movies? Oh, I mean, ultimate. The best of all time, Home Alone One, Home Alone Two, they rotate for me. Whether or not I think two might actually in on certain days, with these certain cocktail mix, be better than one. But you know, that's my those are my those are my go to. Have you ever seen Dinger Alone or <laughs> Dinger Alone Two, Lost in Clintonville? No, but could you? I mean, I I have a feeling you're gonna provide a plot synopsis you walked me right into this by the way i i i just asked you a question i did not know what christmas movie you were going to say so it stars dinger McAllister, okay who is a 34 a 34 year old man left to spend christmas alone 
and it's the greatest week of his life. Like his family goes out of town and what has he got to do but sit around and order chicken wings and drink beers. But anyway, it deals with uh, two raccoons that won't leave his garage. So he sets up <laughs> a bunch of wacky traps. Okay. And and do you remember the iconic scene from this movie where he mistakes Evan Williams for Brute Williams aftershave and he puts it on his face and he goes, ah! Wait, so he puts the Evan Williams on his face? Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no. I thought he actually drank the Brute aftershave. <laughs> and then there's another movie that I really, really enjoyed. It's called Dinger Hard. Now, have, are you a big fan of Die Hard? Oh, love it, love it. Make little knuckles with your toes in the carpet every day. Uh, so the, my favorite line from Dinger Hard is when he goes, Yippee-ki-yay, melon farmer. Yeah. Oh, that, that's it? That's, that's all you're going to leave? Like, yeah, I mean, I, that's, the t- that's the TBS version that they play every Christmas. Do your kids have any favorite cartoons? Uh, I mean, Christmas cartoons? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean, we're, we're going to probably watch Elf, you know, like Elf's a big... Like, Elf, the 2003 Elf? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that a popular one? Oh, it's a great film. Uh, it's It's a film. I don't know if it's what no no you just embrace it man watch it again watch yeah it. I've watched it I've watched it plenty of times um, have you ever heard of uh, uh, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer isn't it the weirdest cartoon that weird nineteen thirty nine like claymation cartoon I just watched it the other day with my wife and I was like I I don't remember that from a kid and she remembers it completely oh yeah I remember that all the time and the, and like it, who's the abominable snowman one where it got real dark and scary fast and. Uh, are you talking about uh, the new Disney movie that just came out recently? No, no, no. Like like one of those old stop motion ones with a scary abominable snowman. Well, there's this, a very similar one to Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It's called Chunker the Gifted Punker. Now, this deals with the story of Dinger Claus's ninth reindeer, Chunker, who thinks he's an outcast, but only because their other reindeer are jealous of his incredible endowment. Now, have you ever heard of this one? Uh, no, I can't say that I have. Now, I, I, I saw that, that there's a song for it, and I'm going to sing it for you if that's okay. <laughs> Chunker, the gifted punker, had a lack of self-esteem. But if you ever saw him, you would say that that's extreme. All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let poor Chunker join in any fun sword games. Then one foggy Christmas Eve... Dinger came to say, Dinger Claus, Chunker, with your hog so grand, does your back hurt when you stand? All of the ladies loved him. Dinger made him head of the team. Chunker, the gifted punker, he woke up because it's a dream. I am speechless. You got a lot of time on your hands. Um,. <laughs> I, no, 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 no. This is an actual cartoon, and it is about. Oh, I'm sorry. Chunker, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't believe you have a lot of time in your hands to dig up that old cartoon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What I was thinking about Dinger Claus, though, because we is uh, you know Dinger Claus was brought to my attention last episode, just just four short days ago or whatever, and I really like the idea of Dinger Claus like writing notes back to the children, like <laughs> so so you know they're like, dear Dinger Claus, here's your your vodka Red Bull and Tums. Please, you know, p- please have a safe trip or whatever. And I'm like, or Dinger Claus, excuse me, excuse me. Dinger Claus writes back like, hey, kid, it's called vodka, Red Bull. <laughs> Next time, <laughs> add some vodka. Or or you're like, hey, a little ice would be nice. Like, just rude comments like that. What do you think? 
I'm all for it. I mean, that guy has got a lot of houses to visit. Yeah. And he's got a lot of vodka Red Bulls to drink. And, and, and if you're going to have a vodka Red Bull, you might as well have some vodka in it, you know. Uh, hey, kid, uh, next time, at least a medium shelf, you know. Do you have any other favorite Christmas movies? Uh, <laughs> every time after the, after the commercial, I come back, you ask me a question, and I get scared. Like, I, this is PTSD, I like putting you on Ray. the spot. Um, uh, no. I mean, like, Home Alone's. Are good ones. Uh, Dinger McAllister. Dinger McAllister. I just love that. Like you, Buzz, have two, your girlfriend, two wolf. raccoons in in the garage that won't leave, and you have to set up. And and at the end of them, you just murder these poor raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like a family favorite fun fest. Um, okay, so uh, this is where you're supposed to lead us out of this into like some sort of actual discussion about so, video games. So, uh, uh, 2015 Super Mario Maker came out. This is celebrating 30 years of Super Mario Brothers because the first one came out in 1985. Uh, I brought you over. We played the absolute hell out of it. Uh, it is a game where you can create and play custom courses from Mario 1, Mario 3, Super Mario World, and Super Mario Brothers Wii U. Uh, there's tons of tools that you can use to design the game, uh, 60 individual big building blocks from ground tiles to enemies, and then you can create and publish uh, to the internet for others. Uh, me and you played a whole bunch of it. I, I think that we had a lot of fun with it, but we didn't stick with it for long. What, what are your thoughts? I like playing the other people's, like the top rated, like the top rated levels. Um, it, it gets it gets really kind of Minecrafty. It but my big problem is it didn't get Minecrafty enough. I thought I thought there was a lot of incredible levels, but a lot of the stuff that we saw was the like don't touch anything. So you just start the level and you don't touch anything, and it's incredible what they're doing. It's shooting you from place to place to place to place, and you eventually get to the end of it and you beat it. But we didn't really see any more than that. I, there was a couple good ones where it was like a puzzle where you like looked at like what was supposed to be a painting and that told you the way or, you know, I guess, I guess it, it has a lot more, it has a lot of potential. Well, I like what you said about Minecraft because that's, that's what I wanted. I wanted something where the community would be constantly building for years and years and years. And I really wanted, one of the first things that I wanted to do was build the tower of Isengard and I tried to do it and I did not have the tools to do it because you can only go up so many different blocks Right into the sky. You're, you're gonna it have stops. like a like a. I kind of wanted to make like a vertical tower, and like put in like Lord of the Rings you, themed you stuff. Wanted, yeah, you wanted ants and. And I yeah. couldn't do it. I I did have a lot of fun building. I I, I me and you are obsessed with Mario games, and we we're obsessed with the really 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 hard levels. And so I did spend about a good six hours building an extremely hard level. And I remember. <laughs> I mean, this is how much of a nerd I am filming myself beating it and then like sending it to my buddies. And they're like, cool, man. Like, cool, dude. You, 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 you knew anything? exactly you how got, to do that. Yeah. Well, I didn't. I, I had to play that level over and over and over and over and over until I beat it. But oh, no. it, I, I, great concept. I mean, I love I mean, I love all things Mario side scroller or so that, that I I'm not much of a world builder myself. So I, I guess I just don't have the. Like I, I'm fine playing yours. I'm fine playing, you know, uh, any like the the Russian kids one and the and the Japanese kids one and the 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 Brazilian kids one. People from all over the world, great. But I don't have the patience to like try it and and like refine that. I just never have been good at that. 
Well, I mean, it was really, really fun. It was super intuitive. It was finally a good use of the Wii U screen. And there was some really awesome stuff in there that I'm hoping that levels now are using. But, like, since there's a microphone on top of the controller, you can actually record sounds. And then you can hit the sounds and it'll play it on it. But I, I played it for about a good maybe month or two. And I just stopped playing it. But do you remember when we bought the game and they slowly unravel all of the different uh, elements that you can have to like build the levels. Yeah. And like, we're like, screw this. Like I want all of them. All. I'm Just smart. Give me the pieces. Yeah. So we started tricking the Wii U and like uh, we would play some and then we'd like uh, change the time and make it like a week later. So it would give us the new tools. I I'm, I must have been in a brownout. <laughs> I, don't, I don't necessarily recall that, but I'm sure we did. Well, I was obsessed with making all the uh, Super NES levels. I think I, 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 as much as your passion is for Super Mario 1 and Super Mario 3, uh, Super NES, Super Mario World, that I just love everything about that game. We're going to cover that in part two, uh, which will be in a couple of days. But I made the most levels out of that. Yeah. But, but like you said – I really, really wish that it was more of a Minecraft thing. I hope that if they make a sequel, just just make – I don't know how they can do it unless they dumb down the graphics, but make a 3D one. Like how awesome would that be like a Mario 64 build your own Mario, Mario Maker and 64? So I fall off on 3D. Like I, I love 3D, man. It all goes back to when I was a kid and I played Doom and – Doom was awesome. Id Software was great about sending out uh, their hardware, their assets to other creative people, and they would make the levels. And I remember being a kid and, like, downloading some of these levels, buying these levels, and I remember just being blown away that, I don't know, I was, like, 14 years old, 13 years old, and I would play a Doom level, and all of a sudden I was walking into a McDonald's using the Doom assets. Like, I love that stuff. And Far Cry, I don't know if you remember Far Cry, but they had a 3D level editor that I would just get – hooked on like i think that 3d level editing is so much fun and i think it's brilliant what they did with super mario maker but i would really love to see a super mario 64 3d maker so okay okay i mean i i guess i don't know enough to comment like i i like my side scroller mario i like my challenging like i don't i don't know i mean if you had another another dimension it gets a, it gets even more challenging, and then you're gonna have to dumb down the gameplay. So what? I, I get it. No, I, you don't, man. Uh, oh well, I guess I guess the things that I'm telling you are all first person shooters, where Mario is behind the back. Right, like I think I think first person shooters is meant for. I mean, I get I like 3D games like the first person shooter. That's 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 brilliant. But you know, uh, Mario, give it to me, give it to me, side scrolling and. Fresh and wiggling. Well, I, I wish a lot more of the levels. They, I think that I think that like the Nintendo people made about twenty or thirty different levels, and they were really really fun. It was also really awesome that you could uh, uh, take the the um, I can't remember what those little dolls are and like change the character, and you could instead of being Mario, you would be Link. Instead of being Mario, you would be Toadstool or something like that. It was really cool that they added that kind of stuff into it, but. I, me and you played it for like two or three weeks straight, and it was so fun to be like controlling stuff with the the, the gamepad and stuff like that. But eventually, I was not seeing the things that I wanted to see. Do you remember the game? Um, uh, crap, Little Big Planet. Do you remember that game? It was a PlayStation Three game. Uh, I mean, I know, I know of it. 
So Little Big Planet was a game that came out on PlayStation 3 in 2006, and it was a platformer game. And it was you, you were sack boy, and you were like a cute sack boy, and you were like a rag doll, right? Yeah, yeah, you were yeah. like a rag doll. So there was a whole game that was a platforming game, and then there was a creation tool. And I remember seeing stuff that absolutely blew me away with the creation tool because people had the freedom. And I'll never, ever forget this. And I am trying to put this into light of a way that is not offensive. But it, I'll never forget being over at my buddy's house. And it was a level that said, remember 9-11. And Sackboy jumped into a plane. The plane took off. It hit two buildings. And then a bunch of Sackboys fell out of the buildings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. Nothing like, says I, funny I, like... Nothing says funny like 9-11. Yeah. But, I mean, just it immediately it was taken down. Right, but right, right. I'm just saying, like, there was just wacky, crazy stuff like that. Right, well, that... You, when you give people freedom, they're going to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, so, so, I I don't know. Uh, Mario Maker, great concept. Um, I, I mean, I think it delivered in, in that... It, it, it delivered in what it promised, and I think you wish it promised more. Yeah. I, I just didn't see enough of the stuff that I really wanted to see. I wanted to see, um, I I wanted to see, I guess I just wanted to see Minecraft stuff. Yeah, you, well, you got to be three D for that. So I, I'm sure, I guess it's probably in the works. Maybe I mean, it's probably more challenging. But I would say let's do a Minecraft episode. Your kid obviously loves it. She oh, was, oh yeah, yeah, she my, was my here and I. She was teaching me how to play. Oh, no, my my both of my girls are, love Minecraft. Minecraft. Huge. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, I, it's crazy what that. Like, I'll look over her shoulder. I'm like, "What are you doing?" And she's like, "I'm, I'm building, you know, the Taj Mahal." And I'm like, "Whoa!" There right. was there was people that built like uh, the Mines of Moria and stuff, and like they've just built beautiful stuff. And you give people those tools, and you put it out there in the wild, like you're gonna see awesome stuff. And I didn't see any of that kind of stuff from Mario Maker. I just saw don't touch anything, or uh, only press jump, or it just a lot of that different stuff. And it, it got stale quick. I, I give the game a seven or an eight, uh, probably a seven. But that's, yeah, that's right. the game got like a nine and ten. Like people loved it. It well, sold systems, but it just it didn't do what I wanted it to do. So much was way bouncing way back, and we haven't even digressed. But uh, when we did, we we didn't say but I digressed before we digressed. How much did Super Mario Brothers, the first one with Duck Hunt, cost? It, it was a packing game. But I mean. Okay. It, it was a, you, you couldn't buy it off the shelves. It was packing game. Okay. Because I because I did the math on break and it would have been like two point four billion dollars on that game if it was sixty dollars. Uh. Well. Yeah. Because it was a packing game. I know that Super Mario Brothers one sold forty million, but that, that that's not a fair estimate. I mean, how many times have you bought Super Mario Brothers? I know that I've bought it on. Like NES, Wii U Virtual Console, Wii Virtual Console, have it on. You I mean, know, that, on that's, that's low. I mean, I mean you're not. The you're, power you're just valuing the one, one iteration of the brand. Uh, yeah. You know, like not even the whole canon. Like that. I mean, Mario. I wonder what they value the brand of Mario at because it's got to be ridiculous. Like yeah. if you were trying to buy Mario, it'd be more than the Star Wars. Well, Nintendo figured it out, man. Like you just put out that NES Mini, and you still can't find them. So, oh, I, I was just, I was just hearing that from Nintendo, my wife. She's like, "Why can't I get this?" Nintendo, because Nintendo needs to grow up. Like, there, there's no reason that they, re- they were coming out with that system, and all they had to do was release pre-orders and say, and engage how much demand that there's going to be. But they didn't because Nintendo has been stubborn for 30 years. But I, I think, but part of that, I, it's, it's one and the other. I get what you're saying. You're probably right. With a simple like pre-order tool, that 
I but I did. They would they would feel the demand like they would get a pulse of the demand. But I don't think that they. I I think when Nintendo touched the nerve with the mini, that that's a whole different thing that they're talking about. Like because you know like my wife isn't gonna know anything about pre-ordering. She she just wants it. She just checks on Amazon. And she's like, why is this thing gone? Like she told me the, last night that she's like, I had it. I had it. It was there. I should have just bought it when I had it. And I'm like, you had it available on Amazon? She saw it? Yeah. When? When? I, know, I was like, and I've she, been looking for it since it came out. No, Are you no, no, kidding no, me? That's what I. That's what I said. I'm like, what? You and you should have bought it and resold it. And she's like, uh. I, I have found a lot of solace in the fact that I don't need it. Like I'm gonna get it after Christmas and I'll call you. And after Christmas is actually when the wireless controllers come out. So I'll buy two wireless controllers. We'll hook it upstairs and you can just pummel me in Tecmo Super Bowl. Right. Like, it was so funny. I think on like one of our first no, episodes. No, Tecmo Bowl is the one on there. But yeah. I think one of the first episodes I was like, I'll beat you in Tecmo Bowl. And I'm like, that's never going to happen. Well, it's just going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, it depends on. So, hey, we're going to come back. We got one last thing to talk about. Um, but that's kind of our Super Mario episode. But we're going to come right back. Welcome back to Afternoon Yap with Chunk of Dinger. Dinger dog. Uh, during the week, <laughs> I have been texting the crap out of you. And I've been saying, listen, on the iTunes app, all you've got to do is turn our uh, show down to half of the speed. And I don't know what it is about it, but it has been making me just laugh my face off. And this technology has been around since, what's this, the 70s? Oh, since oh, you could oh. do it on records? Right, right. I mean- Probably before then. I, I sound like I'm a little bit tired. Dinger Dog, you sound like we got to go to the emergency room. I'm a winner. So I'm just going to play it really quickly. You don't even have to go that far. Just drink some Jameson. Oh, gross. Don't bring Irish whiskeys into this. I'll fight you. <laughs> <laughs> I have listened to that so many times. And it, Dinger Dog, I got a question for you. How many times in your life have you said... Don't bring Irish whiskeys into this, or I'm gonna fight you. It, um, you know, uh, the probably the only honest answer is I can't remember. Dinger dog, I, I don't understand. I thought you loved Jameson. Uh, we sure. love Evan Williams. This is sure. an Evan Williams program. Sure, we are sponsored by Ever Evan Williams. No, no, no. We're, let's not, let's be honest with the folks out there. We're hoping to be sponsored by Evan Williams. Just please, if say I, it. if Just, I, if I want, if I go when I go home tonight after a long day of work. Or kind of working, or actually at, at shopping and podcasting. You know what I want? I want a nice rock, one one big ice cube, and an Evan Williams. Bring me home. If you don't like Evan Williams, no, no, I'm gonna see, have to fight Evan you. Evan Williams knows that I'm a responsible drinker, and so that's why I would be a great spokesperson for Evan Williams. Hey, uh, holiday episode, uh, Mario. We're gonna come back to Mario, right? Yep. So this is episode nine. This is a two-parter. Episode ten is gonna be uh, uh, it's a me, a dinger dog. Part two. We're gonna go over the SNES versions. We're gonna go over the Wii U version and the Wii version, and we're gonna top line Super Mario Run. Cool, cool. And uh, you know, uh, happy Hanukkah. I think Hanukkah's done, right? If you're celebrating Kwanzaa, Christmas, uh, solstice was today, right? I, you're asking the wrong melon farmer, bud. <laughs> uh, whatever, guy, a melon farmer. Whatever, whatever you're celebrating this season, uh, be safe, be happy. We'll, we'll be back uh, relatively soon. Merry Christmas. We'll see you soon.